So as much as we love Sefer Bracious, and we did, I did, um, I have to say I'm excited to, to move on now to, uh, to Sefer Shmos, a new, uh, a new beginning, as they say, right? Um, and I want to talk today about uh, Moshe, what, a very significant part of the, of the discussion of, of Parshish Shmos is Moshe's um, election as the leader of Am Yisrael for the next 40 years. Um, and his refusal to accept that position. Um, and it takes up a lot of space, uh, the conversations between Moshe and Hashem. Um, and, uh, and I think it, it's important. It's important to see why he refuses, um, what, his is- what the issues are that he's dealing with. And there are a lot of them, and there's a lot of different ways you can go in this conversation. Uh, but I want to show you a, few, uh, you know, a couple of approaches and see also, as always, more importantly, what you guys think uh, as we move through this. So um, let's start <coughs> in source number one, uh, which is the, in the middle of, of Parag Gimel. Right? So Parag Al and Parag Beis tell us more about you know, how people get there, how Paro sets them up um, to become slaves, uh, somehow Moshe Rabbeinu right, become how he's born, he's saved, and he runs away, etc. But now we're up to the point where he's already... He's already living by, you know, by Yisro for, for many years. And he uh, you know, is, is following the sheep who runs away. And he ends up bumping into this, into this uh, burning bush. And he's at the burning bush. And he's having um, a conversation with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And that conversation, it's actually a, a Malach speaking for Hashem. But it's basically a conversation with, between, between Moshe Rabbeinu um, and Hashem. Um, and... And Hashem asks him to take on this leadership, and Moshe says no. Um, so let's, one second, just put this on one more time. Um, and let's start from there. So take a look at source number one. So God says, so after all the explanations that God gives Moshe, he says to him, okay, look, Moshe, now it's time for you to go. I'm going to send you. You're going to be my shliach. You're going to be my messenger and go to, and go to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And Moshe responds, Moshe is having a nevuah. He's talking to, a, to God um, in front of a bush that is burning and, and not being destroyed. He has his shoes off. Um, this is a person on a very high spiritual level. And he's talking to God. And God says, I got a job for you, Moshe. You're going to go take the Jewish people out of Egypt. And Moshe says, no. Perplexing. It's strange. Who am I? Who am I to take Amisha out of Egypt? Okay. So God tells him who he is. I'll be with you. Don't worry. This will be the, the, the sign that, that I'm the one who sent you. When it comes time to leave, we're going to come back to this mountain that they were standing on Harsinai. And he says, when this is done, we're going to come out. And you, you're, they're going to serve me on this mountain. And it'll be pretty clear to everybody that you were the right person. Don't worry. In the end of the day, it's all going to work out. I promise you. Uh, so again, Moshe, God says, let's go. I'm God. You be the, you be the, the, the messenger. And Moshe says, no, I, it's not for me. I, I can't do this. God says, I promise you it'll be fine. I'll be with you. It's a pretty good thing for God to say to somebody. I'll be with you. Um, and, and I promise you, we're going to leave. And they'll come to, Mitzra, to, to this mountain and serve me here. It'll be great. Moshe says, 
they're going to come to me and ask me, I come in the name of God, who's God? They're going to ask me what I should say to them. So he says, I'll tell you, I share, uh, yeah, share, uh, yeah, a whole conversation, what does that even mean? I'm the God who will be that which will be. And he says, and you'll go there and you'll, and you'll, uh, you'll say, Hashem sent me here, etc. Um, and uh, you're going to gather the Zikadim and tell them that you're here, etc., etc. Fine. Pasuk Yud, Pasuk 10. What does he say? So now we're in, sorry. Um, in the right place? No, I'm not in the right place. Hold on one second. Um, so then you go to the next, the next uh, section. Okay, we're now in Parak Dalit. Moshe says, Vayan Moshe Vayomer, they're not going to relieve me. You spoke to God? Who are you? I mean, never met you. We've never seen you. It's been 60 years since Moshe Rabbeinu has been, been in Egypt. Who, who is this guy? You didn't speak to God. Uh, how do I know that you spoke to God? So God says, no problem. And he teaches him about the, the, the signs, right? You need to take the, the staff and throw it in the ground, etc. And how does Moshe respond? Pasuk 10. I don't know how to speak. I don't, I, I don't have, whatever this means, I have a stutter, does it mean he has, um, he doesn't have good public speaking skills, he's not able to speak in front of people, whatever it is, he gives an, ex- an excuse. What does Hashem say? What are you talking about? I'm in charge of how you talk. I, I created the ability for man to speak. I'll take care of it, not a problem. Everything Moshe Rabbeinu says, God has an answer. Of course he has an answer, because he's already chosen him. And how does Moshe respond again? Three seconds later. Send somebody else. Don't send me. Or send the one that you usually send. I've been trying to deal with technical issues. Can you hear me? Can you guys hear me or no? I can hear you. Just where are we? Uh, we, are, we are in the middle of Source 2. Section 2. Uh, source 2. Pasuk Yud Gimel Yudal. 13 and 14. So then, finally, after Moshe has put up, you know, uh, you know, uh, a fight three, five different times, God, what five finally responds? By Yicharaf Hashem, by Moshe, God gets angry. You know what? Fine. You don't know how to talk. Aaron knows how to talk. Aaron will come and he'll join you. He'll be happy to see you. And he will help you. And that's what happens. Right? He goes out, he meets Aaron, and Aaron ends up really speaking for him. He becomes, becomes Moshe's mouthpiece. Moshe has the nevuos from Hashem, and Aaron is the one who speaks on Moshe's behalf. And there are times when Moshe speaks himself, and times when Aaron gets nevuah. But the bottom line is they end up working as a tag team. It's not Moshe anymore by himself. At that point, Moshe stops refusing. Okay? So there are a lot of questions here. There are a lot of questions here uh, to, to take apart in this, in this whole dialogue. Give me some of the obvious ones. What would you say? Issues. Who are you to say no to God? Yeah, who says no to God? <laughs> right? It's not like he's not sure if it's God. Right? It seems like he knows who he's talking to. And he says no. Well, what, God commanded you. You're going to go. Right? Like, that's number one. What, what, how, why is he refusing? What's his, what, 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 why won't he do this? Okay, good. What else? Why does God then go back and forth with him? If he says no, why does God come back and say, no, 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 I really want you? Right? Well, I'm confused. Like, I'm not sure why he's saying no. Like, I'm not sure why he's saying no. Like, I'm not sure why he's saying no. Like, I'm not sure why he's saying
confused. Like, he's not good enough to rep- to talk to the, the Israelites and to talk to the Egyptians. But he's good enough to say, hey, God, I don't agree with you. I can't do it. I, yeah, very good. But he's, he's not strong enough in a certain sense, right? He feels he's not strong enough to take on Paro. <laughs> he's strong enough to take on God and to say no to God. Yeah, it's very confusing. It's bizarre, right? What does this all mean? What else? Sam would lose patience with him and then say, okay, you don't want to do it. Your brother Aaron will help you. Like, what is that Hashem giving in to Moshe? Yeah, why, why, why does Hashem give in? Why does Hashem give in? Um, Be why? fair, if you have free choice, God doesn't make you do anything you don't want to do. So uh, I guess... He's like, I'm not, I can't make Moshe do it. He wants to do it. <laughs> right, I mean, he could make him, but right, he doesn't want to make him, correct. He doesn't want to force him, so he comes to some type of compromise. Right. Right, okay. Right, seems like it's something like that. So when you mentioned Paro, it just made me think, like, you know, back in Egypt, like, everyone thought Paro was a god. So it's kind of like putting one god against another, and Moshe just discovered God, so he doesn't know which one's more powerful. Okay, okay. The scary thing, right? Or, or maybe at least, like, there's, like, some latent, like, you know, sense of, you know, like you said, like, Paros himself is sort of a god. So to lead a charge against, against God for a different god, it's, like, it's complicated for him. Uh, look, what else is complicated in this for Moshe? Not for Moshe, but in the first parak, it refers to Hashem as Elohim. Okay. A whole bunch of times, and then in this second section, Parak Dalet, I think it was, then it, we switched to Hashem only, and we don't see Elohim anymore, so you kind of wonder why Hashem started with, I guess, Elohim is Midat Rachamim, and Hashem is Midat, and I think, like, why the flip there. Right, yeah, Elo- yeah usually we say Elohim is Midat Hadin, and, and Hashem is Midat Rachamim, but yeah, but correct, yeah. Like this, this flip here, like what, yeah, right. why this change, it's a very interesting point, that's very interesting, I'll, I'll Elohim and then Hashem. Yeah, why is he switched to Hashem? Moshe not want to give up his life of anonymity, and 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 I mean, he's living like in the middle of nowhere with a family, and probably content and happy, and doesn't want to, doesn't want to. Period. Anything. I don't know. And does Moshe know something about Paro and about Mitzrayim? <laughs> he lived there for twenty something years. Like what? He ran away because he's a fugitive. He was spotted killing Mitzri. So I don't think he feels like he's in a good position anymore to be walking into Paro and making demands if he literally had to run for his life from Egypt. So there's that. And yes, he was raised in that palace. He knows the players, or at least he did, and he knows how everything works. But I'm not sure he views it as an advantage anymore. Right. Yes. If, if, uh, if, if and someone else put that in the, ta- the chat also. Yeah, if, if Moshe feels like the reason he left Mitzrayim was because his life was threatened, so it also makes him more concerned, um, more concerned to go back. He doesn't know, which is, by the way, why when it comes time for him to go, what does Hashem say to him? He tells him, Hashem says, all the people who wanted to kill you are dead. Um, so that's actually, it clearly was a concern for Moshe because God tells him that. It's in the text. That's not a medrash, right? That, that God does tell Moshe, um, the, the people who wanted, who wanted you dead are, are gone. You don't have to worry about that. But clearly, clearly there was something that Moshe was bothered by and Moshe was worried about uh, because he had had that very negative experience in Mitzrayim and had, had to run away. He did stand up for a Jew in Mitzrayim. He'd done that already. 
Um, and it didn't go very well for him. Um, and that was hard for him. Good. Good. Right. Also, the other thing is that Moshe was the most humble person ah. that, that lived. So he would, it's, it's not surprising that he would think that he's not, that someone else would be more qualified to lead the Jewish people. Yes, we're going to see. Very good. Thank you, Sharon. We're going to see another, we're going to see uh, a Kliyaka who makes this point. I think Kliyaka makes this point also. That Moshe is known in the Torah later, right, as the Anav Mikol Adam. He's the great, he's the most humble person that will ever lift, lived in the history of the world. So certainly, you know, it's not surprising to find the Anav Mikol Adam, right, the most humble person who's going to be not so quick to accept their responsibility. The only counter I would have to that is when we talk, we talk to kids and adults, we learn about Anivas, what does it mean to be an Anav? Right? It doesn't mean to say that I'm a nobody. Right, Anav does not mean uh, you know ich bin garnished. I, I, I don't have any strengths. I, I, I I'm nobody. I, I can't do anything. That's low self esteem. Use as an excuse to shirk responsibility. Right, we don't right. Say, oh, it's not me. I can't do it. Right, Anav means to say I recognize that the kohos that I have come from Hashem. Right, and Anav means to be I, I know what kohos I have. I know what opportunity, what abilities I have. I know what I can do in the world. But I recognize it's not because I, I you know it's kochiv yotzim yadi You know I I got it because I worked hard. Uh, it's also true, you also should work hard, but it means, but also that I recognize that even if I work hard, my success is only going to come if Hashem helps me. Or whatever skills I have, or qualities I have, that are giving me the opportunity to be, to maximize my potential, that's because I've been given that opportunity by, from Hashem. So uh, Anivas, so it's funny, so Anivas usually we say is exactly that, right? Anivas means a recognition of who you are, but realizing it's not, it's not all you. Um, as opposed to a, a sense of, I'm a nobody. Um, you know, but yes, but, but yeah, but sure, someone who's an anav still would be, you know, not as quick to jump for the glory. Moshe's not looking for glory. He's not looking, he, he doesn't, maybe he doesn't realize yet that this is his, this is his potential. This is who he should really be. So he says to God, I don't know, I, I didn't think of myself like this. This is not really the place where I wanted to be in my life. But it's still hard. But it's still hard because all those things make a lot of, you know, they work when it's a conversation between two people. You know, an individual goes over to another individual and says, you know, buddy, I think you'd be great at this job. You know, you could really be the CEO of the company. You could really be whatever. And you're like, whoa, that's a big responsibility. You know, I'm not so sure I want to do that. It's a little different when God comes to you, right? We always talk about this, right? Are, are on the one hand, these people are human beings. On the other hand, this is like a little, right, above normal. So is there maybe a shift? What do you right? mean? Because when you talk about, you know, saying, okay, I have these strengths, but they're okay for Hashem, but he didn't know there was an Hashem. I mean, we don't know exactly what Moshe knew or didn't know. Uh, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of questions, a lot of blanks, uh, a lot of fill in the blanks to take place for what Moshe got when he grew up. His mother nursed him. His, he grew up really in his mother's house for a few years at least. While well, she took care, she was his wet nurse. And then she goes to, he goes to live in the palace. Is Basparo, is she letting him know about his Jewish heritage? She doesn't really let him know. He seems to know when he goes out to see, Ish, you know, Ishi Rimei Achav. The Torah says he goes out to see his brother, the Ivory, the Jew. So he seems to know he's Jewish. So we don't, I, we don't, I, we don't really know what his spiritual makeup is. Uh, but the fact that God is coming to speak with him and wants him to lead the people would seem to imply that he has some relationship with God already. Uh, maybe God's never spoken to him, but right, all of us have a relationship with God, even though God hasn't spoken to us. Right? So the fact that this is his first conversation with God does not necessarily mean this is the first time Moshe is coming to know about Hashem. Presumably it's not. Um, but we don't really know that. It's true. We don't really know that. It's also uh, a great lesson for leaders, whether you're the leader of a family or the leader of a community or the leader of a country or whatever, that um, 
it's okay to question yourself sometimes and that you need a support system. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's not so easy for people to take on those positions, absolutely. Um, fine, so question number one here, like we said, why does Moshe refuse? We're definitely see some answers, but it, you know, there's a lot of reasons why he could refuse, but it, it's hard. Um, number two, I wanna ask you a very specific question. And the, his last refusal, and the one that makes God so angry, is when he says, Again, that's Pasuk 13 in Parak Dalet. Um, send the one that you will send. Very strange. Could, you know, what does that mean, send the one that you will send? Who does that refer to? What, what does that mean? Why is that his final refusal? And why is that final refusal the one that makes God so angry? And more than the others. Or is it not? Is it just because he's refused five times already? Um, and, and the last question um, which I think is an interesting question, is why is it that Moshe's refusal leads, uh, there's a Medrash actually, which I, I didn't bring for you here, but the Medrash says, and it's quoted in other places, that our own, that Moshe forever kind of feels bad that he's not the Kohen Gadol, which is pretty funny because he's the head of the Al Israel. But he doesn't, he's supposed to be the Kohen Gadol. Um, but he ends up losing that opportunity because he says, Shlach Nabi Shlach. Because he says, send someone else, Shem says, fine, I'll let Aaron be the Kohen Gadol. So he did, we don't see it here in the text. He says, Aaron will help you. But that Aaron's, Aaron's rising to be the Kohen Gadol is connected, according to Chazal, to Moshe's refusal to be the leader in the first place. He has to have Aaron help him. And the question is, why, what's the connection between the two? Why does Aaron become Kohen Gadol? Because Moshe Rabbeinu is nervous or un, for some reason unwilling to be, uh, to be the leader of the Jewish people. So let's take a look at a few answers given in the Rishonim. Um, source number three is an interesting Medrash in Shmos Rabbah. And the Medrash here, I have the, the English and the Hebrew. The Medrash says as follows. said as follows. Moshe said in front of Hashem, you want me to take the children of Avraham? Avraham was the, you know, is the Avhamon Goyim. He's the head of all the, all the nations of the world. You want me to take Avraham's children out? Shlach na shlach. Send the one you usually send. Who's that? Amr lefan of Eiza chaviv la'adam. Ben achiv o ben beno. So, so Hashem says to him, who's, who, who's, you know, who's, um, sorry, Moshe says to Hashem, who's greater? Right, his, the son of his brother or his grandson? Right? How the Omer ben Beno, the grandson. You wanted to save Avram's nephew. Who did you send? You didn't send a person. You sent angels. Banov shall Avram. You want to send, now you want to save his children, not his, not his nephew, his children. Shehem Shishim Mibo, 600,000 people. Shlach means. Send those that you usually send, meaning don't send a human being, don't send me, I'm a nobody. Right? Send Malachim. What do you need me for? The, 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 you know, sort, sort of the expectation on behalf of Moshe is what? That this process is going to be, is going to take place how? What would you say? From the heavens. Like the Malachim and God will do everything. Yeah. Just like, God, you're going to do it anyways, right? So just take care of it. What do you need me? Like, you don't, but he's just saying, basically, you don't need me. Do it yourself, basically. And not do yourself like, and not, not in a disrespectful way. Like, it's so much greater kavod for you, Hashem, if you just do it yourself. You just have, send a malach, 
and they'll like blow up Mitzrayim, they'll drop a bomb on Mitzrayim, and we'll be saved, just like you saved Lot. There's no problem here. Right, you'll be good to go. There's nothing to worry about. Um, according to the Medrash, this means that Moshe knew something about the saving of Lot, which isn't crazy. Right? This is the Masorah. These are stories from their, from their parents, right? That they had these stories. Um, but even, even, however you want to read the Medrash, but the bottom line is that this idea that Moshe says, don't send it, it's not him per se. Is there any human beings not right? They're not, they're not appropriate for this. Hashem, do it yourself. It's so much more, more powerful if you do it yourself. Okay. Interesting, interesting approach. Rashbam says a little bit different. Rashbam is very, very strong language here about how he views the, the interpretations of this story. He says, This is at the beginning when he first starts to refuse. He says like this. And this is just an int- his introduction to his approach. Someone wants to really understand these stories. Listen to me. Those who came before me and who's included in Rashbam's those who came before him. Rashbam is the grandson of Rashi. Right? So he says that those who came before me didn't understand. He's referring also to his grandfather. Right? Everybody came before me. Talk about not like, right? It's not a lack of anivas, right? This is the Rashbam was plenty in honor, but he knew he was, right? So he said, I'm just telling you, I know what I'm talking about here. Hashem asked Moshe to go to Paro and to take B'nai Yisrael. Why? How? By Paro telling us to leave. Okay? That's much more difficult. Right? This connects to that Medrash. What was what what Moshe saying in the Medrash? Just blow up the place. Drop carpet bomb it. Get everyone out. But that's not what Hashem is asking him. Hashem says to him, what, what, if you go, just go back for one second to, the, to uh, the, the beginning here. What does Hashem say to him? Um, sorry, do I have it here or not? Um, yeah, yeah, because he says, then go to Paro, right? And I'm going I'm to send you to Paro. And, and he's going to listen, he's going to send you out, right? So th- that's much more difficult. That's not, that's, that's, what, what, I'm going to convince Paro to send them? That's a much harder job than to lead the charge of when God does a miracle. Just getting to Paro is going to be a task. Yeah, just to get in. He end up in prison before he even reaches yeah, Paro. Yeah, just to get in, exactly. Just to have a, get a meeting. God says, no problem. Go be with the President of the United States and tell me, what do you mean go with me to the President? I can't even get in. How am I going to have get a meeting? Right, the whole thing is crazy. So you, he says, God, just send the malach. It's not just that he's no good. It, it's, a, it's a different approach, right? So the Mashbam says, what bothers Moshe is that he's asking him to go in and convince Paro to send us for free. To send us because he wants to. That's so much harder. So take a look. The next paragraph. If I could even get in. I'm a, I'm a nobody. I'm a, I'm a, short means I'm stupid. I'm, I'm, I, what do I know? Right? Well, I'm a diplomat. I know how to have a conversation. I'm a shepherd. I spent 60 years you know, wandering the wilderness. I don't know anything. I don't know how, how to have these conversations. And Paro's some shmendrik to listen to me. Now, this is the Rash, classic Rashbam, right? Simple shot. It doesn't make sense, God. This is not the way to do this. It's not going to work. 
ואיזה דבר מתקבל אומר לו, שהידי עושו דיבור אוציאם ממצרים ברשוס פרו. How am I going to know what to say and how to make it work? It's, it's very cool. Right? He's, he's bothered by the approach. I, I can't do this. It's not, I, don't, I have no skills for this. Right? So this is, by the way, this isn't Moshe being an unav in the sense that he thinks he's a nobody even though he's a somebody. This is Moshe saying, I know what I know and I know what I don't know. I might be, I'm a very spiritual person. I have, have, have nevuah. I'm, I'm, right? I'm good on all that stuff, God. But this part, I don't know how to do this. These are not conversations I'm good at having. I don't know how to make this work. So that's why Hashem says to him, you know, I, I, I'll tell you what to say, I'll be with you, etc. Because what Hashem is responding to him with those concerns. His concerns that this is just not his wheelhouse. These are not the things that he's, that he's comfortable doing. Which I think is very, it's a very nice response, you know, very nice explanation. And again, it's still hard because it's still God. Don't get me wrong. But, but the... But the approach of like, it, this is, these are not the skills that I have, God. You didn't give me these skills. So that's fine. I don't need them. But if you want me to be successful here, you got to get, I, I, don't, I don't know how to do this. And that's why God says to him, I'm going to be with you and I'll tell you what to say. And I'll, right? He's responding exactly to that, to that, to that point. No, the previous Mefarish, I don't understand how, how he could say that, that basically he was saying, Moshe was saying, uh, I'm not uh, like, sorry, I lost my train of thought. What I was trying to say is that if you look back, Moshe looks back, right? Did Noah, Noah was a great orator. Hashem asked Noah to go and convince the entire world, right? To stop sinning. So who is Noah? And Noah didn't say, who me? I, I, I don't, I don't know anything. He said, okay. I think it took a while, right? To convince him. Rashi says, but like he went and tried to convince the entire world to stop sinning. So I don't understand going back to that, how Moshe could just say no to God. Doesn't like, it doesn't matter. If God's telling you to do something, he thinks you're the right person. Uh, no matter what, who are you to say, I can't. But I'll ask you. you Abraham, right? And he could say, oh, Abraham was a great orator and it was a great speaker. So when he went to Sodom and tried to convince them and save them or whatever, right? So he could look back and say, but Noah wasn't. But it's a good point. But in the end of the day, there's, a, there's different midrashim about whether Moshe, some midrashim say that Noah did that. He taka went around and told people and whatever. And yes, Rashi says that when he's building the teva, everyone say, What's, what are you building this for? Oh, well, actually, God's going to destroy the world. Da, da, da. Right? But I'll ask you, is Noah successful? He does what God, he, he, does, the, he does the construction part. Right? He's good at the construction part. He builds the, he builds the teva. And he saves his family and saves mankind in that way. But he's not successful at convincing people of anything, right? So if anything, maybe Moshe is going to say, God, I, I know you tried this before. <laughs> yes, Noah, and it didn't go very well. Um, no, no, but, I, the same, but by the same token, the previous Mephorosh also was saying, like he, Moshe was saying that, um, that, that why didn't Hashem just send Malachim and do it like that? But if you look at the past examples, Hashem always sent a messenger first before he resorted to just destroying the world or destroying Saddam, right? So like, I don't think it's such a weird thing. Like what precedent did Moshe have to say, why aren't you just sending Malachim? Well, I guess the Malachim who go to Saddam, they don't try to save all of Saddam. Avram tries to argue to save Saddam, he's not successful. The Malachim just go to save Lot. So I guess what the the Medrash is putting together here is that we have an example of a place that was being destroyed and a person being saved from that place. So Moshe is saying, do the same thing. You okay. did, right? I, you don't need me. You don't need me. Right? You can just save them. We, I, what's the obvious distinction and difference between Lot and all of Amisol here? What's the, what's the difference? I mean, it's one person as opposed to a nation. Okay. You, yeah. I mean, 
But what else? I mean, not Lot's descendants didn't become anything, right? Good. Lot's descendants become Ammon and Moab, who are not exactly the most, uh, you know, upright citizens of the world. Yeah, correct. But also there's an experience here, right? This is what we'll talk about probably as we move along. There's an experience that Jewish people are supposed to um, have in the process of ETS Mitzrayim. Right? There's something we're supposed to learn here. Right? It's going to take 10 months. Right, for the, almost a year for this, for this whole thing to take place because there's a process that the people are supposed to go through. Right? They're going to learn to believe in Moshe. They're going to learn to believe in Hashem. They're going to learn to see that God controls the world. There's going to be a lot of pieces to this. God doesn't want it. Of course, God could just take them out of the magic carpet if he wanted to and drop them in Eretz Yisrael, but he didn't want that. Correct. But maybe that's exactly the point here. Moshe says, send, send a Malach. God says, I don't want to send a Malach. And maybe that's why God allows Moshe to kind of go back and forth with him and records it here. Right, because the whole point is here that God doesn't want a malach, and God wants more than that. God wants a human being. Maybe God wants Moshe to fight with him, and he wants less now. I think there's so much I want to say. I'm gonna restrain myself. (laughs) Okay. It's almost like if a malach does it, it's almost showing there is no goodness in humanity. Okay. Right. Okay. And, And if you have a person stepping up to do this, a human being, then there is still some good in the world. Because, I mean, it wasn't like they knew what was going on all over the world. This was their world right now. And it was the center It was the center of humanity, by the way. Right. Anyways. Egyptians were pretty bad. So if you just send a Moloch instead of a person to do this, it sends a different message right. to humanity. Yes, yes. And also, doesn't it, the fact that Moshe felt comfortable to have a conversation with Hashem and say that he didn't feel comfortable being the leader, isn't that an example for us having a relationship with Hashem? Like have us, you know, being sincere and real with Hashem and, and sharing what our thoughts are. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think so. God, well, what's clear is that God, Hashem is only angry with him after the, the fifth time. So who knows? If he would have given in after the first two or three, maybe God would be fine with it. But clearly... I think there's a balance, right? Hashem seems to be quite, I shouldn't say quite okay with it, but he's happy to have this back and forth at the beginning with Moshe. It's when Moshe, you know, says shlach shlach, whatever it is that bothers him about that, we're going to have to see, we're running out of time here, but there's something about that, that phrase that bothers Hashem in that response, and, and he wants to respond. And again, by the way, according to this medrash, this medrash is shlach shlach, is the final thing Moshe says. When Moshe says, ah, just send a malach, and maybe that's why God gets angry. Right? Maybe that's why God gets angry. I'm not sending a malach. I don't want a malach. I want you. I want a human being. Right? And maybe that's, that's part of this. So like Sharon, you're right. Like, it's, it's an interesting model. And we have them before. We have Avram fight with God. Right? We have other people who have fought with God. Um, and God's okay with that in a certain sense. Right? That he wants us to have conversations with him. To struggle I with him. They fight. I mean, that sounds disrespectful. I think it's more like sincerely sharing. I mean, this was a big role. This was a big job. Mm-hmm. You know, most obviously felt, you know, insecure about it. Yes. I don't think he was coming from a place of like, I'm fighting Hashem. I'm angry with Hashem. It was more like, oh my gosh, like, can I really do this? Kurt, I hear you. You said like Chana. Chana would be more like, Chana would probably be a better example of like, oh my, again, respectfully, but more of a battle with Hashem. But you're right. Um, but, but, but to your point, Sharon, about the, the conversation, I think that's correct. But at a certain point, God didn't want to hear it anymore. At a certain point, God says, it's enough. Um, and by Yicharaf Hashem, he says, fine, forget it. I'll send Aaron too. Um, I think that's also a model for us, like when we like, worry or, or get concerned. Like there's a time that you have to analyze the situation, just move on. Yep. At some point, at some point you're done. It's, it's enough. Right. Um, yes. Unless 
unless I like misunderstood what I was looking at, it seems like there's a difference in quality with the last thing because the first time she's saying, I can't, I can't, I can't. And he's trying to say, like, you have to do something different. Yes. Like, he's actually trying to say, hey, God, you know. I, just, just get out of my way. And that's guys like, no, 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 no. You, what, you have questions? Very good. That's very good. I like that. You have questions. You have concerns. God answers each one. You can't speak. Uh, uh, who, who's gonna, I'll help you speak. Right? Whatever question you have, Moshe, I got an answer for you because I'm God. God has the answer, right? But at a certain point when it's, when it's I just don't want to do this, then the guy says, no, sorry. You have to do this. Um, and I'll get you, but even then he gives him help. Let's keep, let's keep going. This is great. Let's keep, let's keep going. I want to show you the Kliyakar. The Kliyakar in source number five, I think it is for you guys. Um, um, it says as follows. This is the first time he refuses. From two sides. I'm not, I'm not appropriate for this. Because the shliach, you're sending the messenger is too low. Hey means that Godel Malas Israel, or because of how great Am Israel is. Ki Moshe haya anav mikol adam. Sharon pointed this out, right? Moshe was the, was the most humble person there was. Ubeinav haya hu shafel, shvel nashim, and he was he was lowly. Lefigach Amar mi anochi ki elechi parov ki shafel nashim kamoni that barely fam. Melech, I'm gonna go speak to to paro. I'm a nobody. Vehey means that Malas Israel. Amar vechiotzi es bnei Israel. Right, that's the two. He's taking the two the two parts of the language. How can I go to Paro? And how can I take Amisham from Yitzrayim? Right? Both. How can I take, go to Paro because I'm so low? And how can I take Amisham because Amisham is so high? But either way, the point being that, again, that speaks more to his, his uh, humility. But, but I want to show you uh, another, another Pshat. And there's another Pshat that I saw in a Sefer called Torah Va'olam. I forget, where I, I forget um, why I saw it. It was a number of years ago. Uh, the author is Rebbe Nassim Talushkin. And he... Uh, and he, um, I don't know if he's related to Rabbi Joseph Tlushkin anyway, I don't know. Um, but he offers a little bit of a different shot. And he says like this, he says, if you think about Moshe's upbringing and how he ends up here in this spot, right? Moshe grows up in the palace, uh, right? they know he's a Jew, uh, and they, but they think that if they, you know, can infuse him with the Egyptian philosophy, etc., so he'll, he'll become Egyptian. Uh, but as Moshe grows up, we find that he's drawn to his own people. That's, that's the next Pasuk, right? This is going back, right? We were first introduced to Moshe as an adult. He sees what's happening to them. He sees one Jew, a Jew getting beaten by an Egyptian. And Rashi says, what's Vayar Some He saw their, their uh, challenges. Right? He, he, wanted to, he wanted to feel connected to Am Yisrael. It's clear, right? It's very clear from the, from the... This is not Midrash. This is very simple pshat. He sees a Jew getting hit by, by, by an Egyptian and he sides with the Jew and murders the Egyptian. It's not like, you know, he becomes buddy-buddy with a Jew. He saves a Jew's life and murders an Egyptian in doing so. He's clearly siding with the Jewish people here. Um, but, it's even, but it's even more than that because at that moment he also notices something, Right? He, he looks back and forth, Vayarki ain't ish. He sees that, that there's, nobody else, there's nobody else there. Right? The next Pasuk. He realizes there's nobody around who's doing anything. Right? He, he realizes he has to do it himself. And then what does he, what does he see? He's, meaning there's no other Jew defending the other Jew. There's just, there's just nobody doing anything. 
And then what happens the next day? He goes out and he sees two Jews fighting. And he tries to stop them. And what do they say? Oh, you're going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian? Like, well, I'm, I'm here to help you guys. And what, what's your problem? Right? And what does he say? What does the Torah say? He realizes, He realizes that it was known. So the simple, the simple explanation is he realizes that people know that he killed the Egyptian. That's why he runs away. But, but the, the Midrash says, If you look in Rashi there, he says, why the Jewish people? Why are they chosen to, to be slaves? I see now that, it, that I get it. They're like, it's, I get why they're going to be like this, because this is the type of people they are. Such a, like a very, right, that Moshe had such a thought about the Jewish people that maybe they're going to stay like this because this is just who they are. And what Moshe is seeing is that the people had become so accustomed to being slaves that they had even given up, they had given up the idea of fighting for themselves. And in fact, instead they started to fight with each other. And, and not only that, they resent the person who tries to free them. Right? He's trying to help. They're like, Get it. just leave us alone. Let us just like do our thing as slaves. Right? They have no interest in that. So Moshe cares for them. He wants to help them. And they're basically rejecting him. So now God says, okay, Moshe, let's go. Time to save the Jewish people. Moshe's like, well, God, I, I, I sort of tried this already. You don't remember. I, I tried standing up for them. I tried helping them. They weren't interested in my help. There's nothing I could say that's going to get them to, to change and to want this. And I can, right, I can bring the horse to water, but I can't make him drink. And I can show up, and I can talk to Paro, and know what they're going to say to me? They say, Moshe, just leave us alone. Let us just stay here. And by the way, what do the people say to him over and over again, even in the desert, over and over, what do they always say to him? What's their complaint every time? It was better back in Egypt. It was better in Egypt. You should have left us there. After all you did for them, right? He takes them out and with, with, with miracles and wonders, and they're not interested. In fact, this explains the measures that says, one-fifth of them left. What happened to the other, other 80% was the measures say they died during Choshech because they didn't want to leave. It sounds bizarre to us. It's not so bizarre. They, they weren't interested in being bothered with it. Just leave me, let me live my life. I'm okay. I, you know, I have my life. I'm, just, just, I'm not interested in, in changing, my, changing everything about my life now. I don't want to do that. It's too hard. I, I just don't really want that. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's a challenge for him. And so that, that's the Rebbe Tulushkin, is what happens when Moshe says, Shlach na shlach. What is he saying? He's saying, you want this? There's no way I can do this. Right? I, I can't possibly do this. It's impossible for me. It's not going to happen. There's no, there's no answer. There's no you know, skill you can give me that's going to work out. I just, it's not going to happen. So how does God respond then? He says, no, 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 Moshe. That, that, if you don't believe in them, if you don't believe that they can change, that they can be better, that they can want more, if you don't believe that, they can, that they're capable of more, then, then that's not going to work. And that's why he says to him, you need a partner. And who's the partner? Aaron and Cohen. Why is Aaron the solution to this issue? Why is Aaron the solution to that problem? What's Aaron known for? Mishnah B'Sechah Zavos. The first parak B'Sechah Zavos. What do we say? Hillel Omer, Havim Yitamidav Sha'aron. Oev Shalom, Barodev Shalom, Oev Esabrios, Umekarvim Torah. Aaron would not accept no for an answer from another Jew. Aaron would run after people 
And, and, and why would they listen to him? And why would they be convinced by him to make shalom, to, to whatever he wanted them to do? Because he cared about them. He loved them. Right? The fact that Aaron was interested in them and cared about them and believed in them, that's why they were willing to listen to him. And so Hashem says to Moshe, Moshe, at this point, what I'm seeing in you is you have like a level of frustration and a level of lack of belief in the people. You're not going to be able to lead them by yourself. And now we need to have two leaders. Moshe, you're going to be important for all the leadership, the teaching and the learning, etc. But I need you also to have Aaron. Aaron, who's the Oiv Sarbios in Makarv and the Torah. Aaron, who's the Oiv Shalom in the Rode of Shalom. Aaron, who's going to be continuing to do what Moshe, you wanted to do at the beginning, but he got kind of like, it was too hard for you, right? Moshe also tried to be an Oiv Shalom, Rode of Shalom, but it didn't go. It didn't work, right? Uh, the, the two guys still kept fighting and weren't interested in him. But you need someone who's going to be persistent no matter what, even after that happens. No one's going to say, oh, Achen no I get it now. They're not worthy. No, go back, try again, try again, try again. That's going to be the Aaron. Right, and that's why Aaron... What was the purpose of Moshe? What did Moshe bring to the table? Moshe... Aaron couldn't do by himself. So, ah, so it's a good question. So, a longer conversation about the balance between Moshe and Aaron, right? But the, 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 the Medr says, MS v'shalom ahavu. You need both. You need MS and you need shalom. You need, you need Aaron's going to be the shalom. He's going to be the peacemaker. What happens, by the way, when, every, when Moshe bin leaves and Aaron's there? They all fight and everything goes... And what happens? <laughs> And where does it go? Egel an idol. <laughs> okay, we're not, right? Complicated, I'm not b- blaming Aaron. Some of the Rishonim say the reason Aaron ends up not going to Eretz Yisrael is not because Moshe hits the rock. It's really for the Chet Egel. But he, but Hashem didn't want to punish him that way. Right, but that the Aaron, the Aaron lacked some of that strength at times. Moshe Rabbeinu, Ish Emes, right? Moshe Emes with Teras Emes. Moshe is, is the is the is the backbone in a certain sense. He's the strength. He's truth. He's Mila Shem Eli. He comes down from from the Chet Egel and you get people together and they're gonna you know put put to, put to death the people who did this. This is you know it takes a certain strength of leadership to be the Moshe Rabbeinu who's gonna lay down the law sometimes. That's very hard. That's not Aaron's wheelhouse, right? But Ar- but Aaron has something that Moshe doesn't have, which is that ability to be the Right, the the Oyev Shalom, Rodev Shalom. That that's why, by the way, it says about at the end of Aaron's life that everybody uh, mourned for Aaron and for Moshe Rabbeinu. It's a little bit less uh, clear, right? Not that they didn't like him, but that it was harder. You know, even Moshe Rabbeinu, right? They 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 attack Moshe till the day of his death. Right, they're attacking Moshe Rabbeinu um, because he's because he lays down the law. And it's hard to lay down the law. That's a it's a hard position to be in. But that, Moshe was good at that. That he was good at. But, but belief in the people at times was sometimes certain. He had that too, of course. Don't get me wrong. Moshe Bin had that also. He fights for their lives. He saves their lives multiple times. The entire nation. God says, I'll, make, I'll build an entire nation just from you. He says, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. God, right? Moshe fights for the people and he does war with God in a certain sense in Tefillah to save them multiple times. But, but there's a, a certain element of this. And this is what the, 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 the Rav Talushin points out. That, that once he says that response of like, I, I, I'm never going to be able to get through to these people, God says, okay, so now you need help. You need Aaron too. And now with the two of them together, you're going to be able to have the leadership that, that, that we need to be successful. So in that sense, you know, Moshe's, Moshe's response there, according to Tolushkin, is a, you know, I, this is just not going to work. If you, want it, if you don't want it to go through a malach, and if you don't want to just poof, take them out, and you want this to be a natural progression to a certain extent, it's not going to happen, God. 
And God says it is going to happen. Actually, if you can believe that they're ready to change. And it won't happen to all of them. They won't all be ready. But those who are ready will, will do it. But only if you can show that you believe in them. And that's going to be Aaron's job. You'll lead. You'll speak to Paro. You'll, you'll lead from the, begin, from the front. And Aaron's going to spend his time hanging out with the Hevra to make sure that, 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 they're, that they're ready to come along. Um, which I think is very nice. It's a very, it's a very nice, you know, um, balance that I guess we all need. And we need to have both as much as we can. But, but to, to sit, sense those two pieces, I think is really cool. Um, I, look, all the other points, it, it, and this, is, this doesn't negate the other pieces, right? That Moshe was concerned about his skill set. That Moshe was con- is an unof. That Moshe was bothered right? how he's going to have the ability to, to get all these things done. And God says, no, you can still do it. The ability for a person to dive in and to say, Hashem, I'm having trouble with this. This is difficult for me, etc. All these, all these approaches are, are, are all correct together. They don't have to, they're not mutually exclusive. But I think this, this last shot explains why in the end, when he says, Shlach Hashem gets upset, and why the response is then Aaron. Because that, that speaks to that, what was missing from Moshe, what, what kind of like spurned him in a certain sense, and how he was able to respond, or not able to respond always, and how Hashem saw that, and said, that's fine. So now we'll have Aaron help you out. What do you think? Interesting, I'm right? Corona. <laughs> makes a lot of sense in terms of Moshe's issue with um, you know, who am I to represent B'nai Israel? And it makes sense why Hashem would pick Aaron. But it doesn't exactly speak to like why him in front of Paro or relate his fear other than perhaps Aaron could persuade Moshe that Am Yisrael is worth fighting for with Paro. So that way, Aaron's using his, you know, shalom and persuasive categories on Moshe himself. Interesting. But, or that Moshe sees maybe through Aaron, Aaron's ability to speak with the people. By the way, Aaron knows the people better than Moshe. Right? Moshe's been gone for all this time. Aaron's been with them all along. Some in Farshim, by the way, say, Shlach Nabiyat, Shlach, and Rashi quotes it. Send Aaron. The, the, the other shot there is that Moshe felt bad. Aaron's been in the trenches leading them all this time. And I've been sitting in Midian. I've been gone for six years. Now I'm going to show up and become the leader over my older brother. Right? And, that, and that, that's what he was afraid of. So Hashem says, fine, we'll make you partners. We'll make you partners. Because he didn't so want him to, Aaron to feel, to feel slighted. How's that connected to Hashem's anger? How's that connected to Hashem's anger? Because Hashem said that, you're right. You're right. I mean, it's not as good, good an answer for the, for the anger part. Um, this, this answer answers the anger a lot. This really speaks to the anger. Like, how could you not believe in my people? type of response, you know? It's a good chassidah shavuot, you know? Like Hashem, you know, loves us, but it's true, even if you're not a chassid, it's true too. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you're right. And I think, and I, like I said, I think it's a multiplicity of, 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 of approaches here because they're all true. There's a lot going on here. Um, and Moshe being willing to get off the ground and do this uh, is incredibly difficult. And by the way, he wasn't wrong about how hard it would be. It's hard for the rest of his life. It's not an easy life for Moshe. It's a tremendous sacrifice that he... That he uh, that he put, gives in here to, to, to do this job for, for, the, for the next 40 years. And it, it alters into his entire life. It's worth it for him in the end, but it really changes his life. Um, so it's not, support, you know, he wasn't wrong about all of his hesitations. But I think there's a lot of pieces here, you know, the human piece, the spiritual piece, the, you know, Abbas Israel piece, all, all these things, you know, play a role in terms of the really remarkable, I think we don't always think about it this way, the really difficult job that was in front of Moshe Naru to try to go and lead a people that hadn't even been a people. They'd never been to people, and they're going to have to try to lead them. It was a really difficult, you know, difficult thing, even, even with all the miracles in the world. 
was going to be such a difficult job to kind of help them coalesce and become a nation was really something very difficult. And they, and they recognized that challenge and were afraid of it. Um, and maybe that's exactly the point. That's Anivas. Maybe Anivas is recognizing that, yeah, I know I have co-hosts as Moshe, but this is a really hard challenge and I'm not sure I'm ready for this. And maybe that's, you know, God says to them, I got it. So I'll got you. I'll be with you. I'll help you. I'll give you a partner and we'll do it together. But it doesn't mean that God doesn't say, don't worry, it's going to be easy. Because it wasn't going to be easy, but it was something he's willing to help him with. But, um, you know, a good, a good way to get us started in terms of the, 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 the travails and the journey that will, that will take place uh, over Safer Schmoss.